Hi guys, this is your girl Wakeji Kamore and welcome to Reflections by Wakeji Kamore. <laughs> Happy new month. I cannot believe we're already in the month of July and how fast this year is going. And again, happy new week. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, depending on the time that you get to listen to this. Thank you so much for staying tuned. And if this podcast is good for you, it could also be good for someone else. So remember to subscribe, to like, and to share it with at least one person today. So I noticed that I had forgotten to mention that the podcast will be available from Monday through to Friday. And I will use Saturday and Sunday to rest because man, a girl totally needs to rest. (laughs) This means that you can use the weekend to catch up on the episode and the chapters that you have missed as I take my break and rest up during the weekend. So today we'll be covering Numbers chapter 22, which I will be splitting into two parts because it's a bit long. And I want us to understand every part of it. I want us to understand everything that is happening in this Bible. You know, like the way you eat food and you eat everything on that plate. That's how I want us to understand the stories of the Bible and understand why they were happening, what's happening, where, who is this, where did they come from? So if today I take a little bit longer, please bear with me. I just want us to really understand what's happening. If you're, if when I'm reading the Bible uh, itself, you don't quite understand what's happening, who's who, what am I talking about? Don't give up. At the end of when I finish reading, I'm actually going to explain who is who and what was happening in this chapter. So I'm actually going to read word for word and I'm going to summarize it. And then I'm going to give my takeout. So bear with me. This is uh, chapter 22 and this is where it starts. It says, then then the Israelites traveled to the Jordan Valley in Moab. They camped near the Jordan River across from Jericho. Balak, who was the son of Zippor, so everything the Israelites had done to the Amorites. The king of Moab was very frightened of the Israelites because there were so many of them and he was very afraid. The king of Moab, who was Balak, by the way, <laughs> said to the leaders of Midian. So he's gone to the Midianites and now he's speaking to their leader. He says, this large group of people will destroy everything around us. They will be the way an ox eats all the grass in the field. So here in this verse, uh king of moab seems to be very concerned about the resources of the places like now there are like a million people who've come here they're going to take up all the resources we have so that is the concern that he's taken to the king to the leader of the median medians all right so he continues to say that balak uh, who was the king of moab at this time sent some men to balaam who was the son of beor balaam was at pethor near the Euphrates river you guys i know these are too many details but stick through this was where the Bala, this was where Balaam's people lived. And this was Balak's message to Balaam. Please note, Balak is a king of the Moabs. Balaam is a guy who was living away. He was living in a in a place called um, uh, Pethor, was a prophet. He was a median or a diviner, someone who was a spiritualist. He was known for cursing people and blessing people. So that is what the king, the king of Moab have sent a message to Balaam. And he says, a new nation of people has come out of Egypt. There are so many people that they cover all the land. They have camped next to me. Come and help me. These people are too powerful for me. I know that you, are, you have great power. If you bless people, good things happen to them. And if you curse people, bad things happen to them. So come and curse these people. Maybe then I will be able to defeat them and force them to leave my country. 
the leader of Moab and the Midianites left. The, the leaders of Moab and the Midianites left. So, uh, Balak has sent his leaders and the leaders of Midianites to go to Balaam and tell him the message. They went to talk to Balaam. They cried with, they carried with them money to pay for his service. Consultation fee. <laughs> Alright, so that's they just carried money to go and pay him. Then they told him what Balak had said. Balaam said to them, Stay here for the night. I will talk to the Lord and I will let you know uh, the answer he gives me. So the leaders of Moab stayed there with Balaam that night. So God came to Balaam and asked, Who are these men with you? Balaam said to God, The king of Moab. Balak, son of Zippor, sent them to give me a message. This is a message. A new nation of people has come out of Egypt. There are so many people that they cover the land. So come and curse these people. Then maybe I will be able to fight and force them to leave my land. <coughs> Sorry, guys. But God said to Balaam, don't go with them. You must not curse those people. They are my people. So basically, God tells Balaam, don't go with, don't go to Balak, don't go with these leaders, and you must not cast the Israelites because they are my people. So the next morning, Balaam got up and said to the leaders from Balak, go back to your own country. The Lord will not let me go with you. So the leaders of Moab went back to Balak and told him this. They said, Balaam refused to come with us. So Balak sent other leaders to Balaam. This time, he sent many more than the first time. And the leaders were so much more important than the first ones that he had sent. They went to Balaam and said, This is what Balak says to you. Please don't let anything stop you from coming. I will pay you much more or very much. And I will do whatever you ask. Come and cast these people for me. So Balak gave back. Balaam gave Balak's officials his answer and he said, I must obey the Lord my God. I cannot do anything great or small against his command. Even if King Balak gives me his beautiful home filled with silver and gold, I will not do anything against the Lord's command. But you can stay here tonight like the other men did. And during the night, I will learn what the Lord wants to tell me. That night, God came to Balaam and God said, these men have come again to ask you to go with them. So you can go with them, but do what I tell you to do. That's just up to <coughs> verse 20. Sorry, guys. Uh, so I'm just going to be giving, not necessarily a takeout, but I will attempt to answer a few questions so that you can better understand what is happening in this chapter and we can better, you know, understand the story. Because there's a lot of Balak, Balaam, oh, 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 who are these people and what is happening so fast. Who are the Amorites and who are the Moabites? And the Amorites and the, Am and the Moabites were descendants of Lot. Remember Lot? He was Abraham's nephew. Remember how God rescued Lot, his wife and his two daughters, when he was destroying Sodom and Gomorrah? And how his wife turned to look back and turned into a pillar of salt? So Lot and his two daughters ran to the mountains to live there. And after a long time, the daughters realized that no men used to come to the mountains. So they made their dad Lot drunk and slept with him. One daughter gave birth to a son called Moab, who is the father of Moabite. And the other daughter gave birth to a son called Ben-Amin, who was the father of the Ammonites. So the Amor Amorites and the, and the Moabites 
were basically uh, stepsons. Because, I mean, their father was Lot, but their mothers were sisters. <laughs> they were both the daughters. I said, it's so messed up. My God, what am I saying? Their mothers were daughters of their fathers. Ah! It's so confusing. But I'm... <laughs> so those, those were the Amorites and those were the Moabites. That's where they had come from. Who are the Midianites? According to the book of Genesis, the Midianites were descendants of Midian. And Midian was a son of Abraham and his second wife, Keturah. You guys remember after Sarah died, Abraham married another woman and her name was Keturah. So one of the sons they got was called Midian and he's the father of the Midianites. So in chapter 21, the Israelites requested for a way through the land that was occupied by the Amorites. But Sihon, who was the king of the Amorites at that time, refused. And instead, he gathered all his people together and went to fight against the Israelites. And the Israelites defeated him and his people, and they took possession of his land. So the Amorites finished, finished. Like, they have been destroyed. Their land has been taken by the, the Israelites. Now, the Amorites and the Moabites used to live opposite each other. Because, because you know, they are stepsons. And their father is the their father is also the father of their mothers. Ah, <laughs> so confusing. So they used to live opposite each other. So the, when the Israelites took possession of the Amorites' land, they were now camped opposite the Moabites because see, they have taken the Amorites' land. So now they are opposite their Moabites, and that is the reason why the king of the Moabites was afraid. First, he was afraid that the Israelites would take possession of their land, like he had taken, they had taken the possession of the land of the Amorites. And also he was afraid that the resources would not be enough for the two nations. I mean, one day you were, you were camping here and then your brother's nation was camping over there. Your stepbrother's step nation, I don't even know what to call them, was camping over there. And then one day they are wiped clean and now there's a million people who are camping right opposite you. As in, of course, that is very, very scary. And on seeing what happened to the Amorites, the king of the Moabites, whose name is Barak, I feel like we should call him Barak so that we can think Barak Obama and no leader, king of Moabites, so that we don't confuse him with Balaam. Because <laughs> ba there's Balak and then there's Balaam. Those are two different people. So let's call him Barak. So Barak, in quote-unquote, was the king of the Moabites. He decides to take a different approach and strategy. You remember the king of Amorites was like, no, the Israelites can't pass here. As a matter of fact, let's go and fight them. And then, now they, they died. Kuf dead. Dead as a doo-doo. So, uh, <laughs> the king of Moabite, who's now, we're calling him Barak, decided to take a different approach and strategy. So, he decided to join forces with the Midianites. And the Midianites were the descendants of Midians, who were the sons of Keturah and Abraham. So they decided to join forces and try and see whether they can actually fight against um, against the Israelites or they can at least pay someone to come and cast them. <laughs> and they also decided to ask Balaam, Balaam is someone who's a diviner, to come and cast the Israelites in the hope that they will be cast and then they will be easy to drive away or to defeat. So who was Balaam? Balaam was a non-Israelite prophet. He was a diviner, he was a medium, and he was a spiritualist. And he was known for effective curses and blessings. He was scattering people, blessing people, cursing people, and that is what he was known for being effective at. at. 
So having answered these questions, I hope that we can now uh, understand what's happening and that we are now on the same page. And I will go ahead and share for, for what stood out for me in this chapter. So when I was reading this chapter, I wondered why God was upset with Balaam. Because at, in the second part of this chapter, we will see that God is upset with Balaam for going <laughs> for actually making the journey to go and see Balak. Yes, he, yet he's the one who has allowed it. Because we've seen in the in the at the end of verse 20, God says, it's okay. You can actually go with these leaders. So I was wondering, so why was he upset? Like, we'll see tomorrow that God was actually upset. And I, it, I was wondering, why was he upset? Enough to want to kill him on the way. Yet he seemed to have allowed him to go to see the king, to, to see the king of Moab, who is Barak. But on doing a little research, just a little research, this is what I found out. The first time the elders of Moab and the elders of Midian went to see Balaam, God was very clear on what his will was. God said in verse 12, don't go with them. You must not curse those people. They are my people. But in verse 3, when Balaam was reporting what God had said, he left out half of what God had said. He told the elders, go back to your country. The Lord will not let me go with you. So he said half of the information because God said, don't go with them and you must not curse those people because they are my people. So he didn't communicate the part where God has said, I will not curse these people because they are God's people. So in leaving out half of what God had said, he made himself look like he can be persuaded to go. You know, remember that the Bible records that the elders had carried money in the currency of those days to pay Balaam for his services, almost like a consultation fee. And now... He has not communicated in a way that concludes the matter. You see, the thing is, if he had con communicated God's exact will, maybe the king, who is Barak, would have left the matter at that. But leaving out half of what God had said made it look like he could be persuaded further. And that is why in verse 16, Barak is sending other leaders to Balaam. And this time he sent many more in number. And even more important in power ranking than the previous elders that he had sent. And he even offers to pay much, much more. Because Barak is like, Balaam looked like he can be persuaded. He left, I mean, he didn't know half of the information that, you know, God had said. So it's like, let me try and persuade this guy or even try and intimidate him with the, with the bringing more elders. I mean, there are more people coming to you and they're even of higher ranking coming, people coming to you. And guess what? Balaam gets cozy with them and allows them to spend the night in the pretense that he will inquire of God. Though he already knew God's stand on the matter, instead of communicating God's will outrightly. Because I mean, what he would have done is now they have come the second time. He would have just stopped them at the door. Hey, you guys, God said I can't come and cast the Israel because they are his people. But he didn't do that. He said half and left half and made himself sound like he can be persuaded. So the king of Moab came to persuade him even more, with great more people in number, greater people in power ranking, and even more money. This is the same thing we do. I haven't done demonology, which is a study of demons, <laughs> but stay with me. I promise it will make sense. It will make. I promise you guys, it will make sense. So the enemy sends his low-level demons, who are probably on internship in hell. They they are sent your way. Interns woke or chini hell, they are sent our way. And they tempt <laughs> us to do something that we know what the word of God says to do and not to do. But because we are half-half on it and not outright rebuking the enemy or the two interns, 
that have been sent by the enemy or standing on our resolve, we leave a small opening. The small opening that makes the enemy think that if persuaded further, we can fall for his lies. If persuaded further, I can get her to do what she, I want her to do. I can get her to fall. So get, guess what he does? He sends more demons and this time there will not be interns. And he makes the temptation even more pleasing in your eyes. And because we are not able to, we were not able to rebuke the intern to demons, we lack the strength or the resolve to rebuke even these, <laughs> these ones that have been sent and we get cozy with sin. My challenge to us, let's learn to stand on our resolve before the temptation becomes even more pleasing in our eyes. Instead of entertaining small sin and leaving out small, small, uh, you know, leaving out small spaces open for even greater sin to come back and to come in, may we be those that are quick to hear God's leading and just as quick to obey it. May we not have, do have half. Let's not be like Balaam who says half of what God has told him and then he leaves out the rest. And that way he becomes even more persuaded. May we be those that stand on our resolve. May we be those who are quick to hear God's leading and just as quick to obey it. Just before the enemy comes back with more forces. We've already obeyed. We've already rebuked. We've already said, no, I'm not going to get involved in that because the word of God said, da-da-da-da, and I should not get involved in that. That is my challenge to myself and even to you guys. This is your girl, Wakeji Kamore, and this has been Reflections by... Okay, Jika Moreng.